Welcome back to another episode of the Scores Table. I'm William Robbins. We've been off for a little bit. Um, you know, midterm season in school, middle of the internships. We've been busy, but we're back. Start of the NBA season. Joined by Julian McKee. How you doing? Yeah. What is good, everybody? It's a cold night in Boston. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my. I'm looking good. I'm in my short sleeve. Uh, hoodie, you know what I'm saying? Looking, looking ready for a Fashion Nova promo code. You know, um, it's, it's, here's the thing. <laughs> that's that, that. That's a start. <laughs> yeah, bro. What what the fuck is happening outside my window right now? It's a it's this thing called the underwear run at Northeastern. They called the people are just running down Main Street in Boston. They, they they just have they just have underwear on. Like, what the fuck is this? All right, well, I'm so idiots. glad. It's like I'm 50 so degrees out. What are you doing? What's a I'm weirdo? I'm so glad here that you mentioned Boston because that <laughs> underwear run, that makes more sense than whatever is going on with the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> now, I know we're a basketball podcast here, but I'm going to take three minutes here and yell about how stupid the Boston Red Sox front office is. Julian, if you have a uh, if you have a baseball player in his prime who happens to be the second best baseball player in the entire world, it's probably a good idea to get prospects for him, right? Oh, definitely. You know, because yeah. like, why why would you want the second best player in the world when he's twenty seven? Like, no, who wants okay. that? So here's the thing about Mookie Betts and the Boston <laughs> Red Sox. Now, Julian knows I'm not really a baseball fan. In fact, I don't watch baseball. Baseball is very boring. <laughs> But I, but I understand basic team building concepts because, because you know, I follow basketball and football pretty closely. Team building doesn't change sport to sport with the concepts. If you have a top five player in the sport, you do anything you can to keep them. <laughs> That's pretty standard in any sport, right? Yes. Like, like football. The, the, uh, the Chiefs should make Patrick Mahomes the highest paid player in football history. Why? Like, like, is that probably smart for team building? Who cares? It's Patrick Mahomes. That and and like and in and in basketball, like you should pay anything you possibly can. The Clippers giving up a ton to get Paul George because that's how you get Kawhi Leonard, who's probably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. And so on and so on. And the you Knicks paying a tax for DeAndre Jordan to get Kyrie and KD. Big well, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, in the Boston Red Sox world, apparently. If you have the second best player in the world under contract and you're negotiating a new contract. Now, Mookie Betts has been I'll, – I'll give the Red Sox this. Mookie Betts has not outwardly said, I would like to stay in Boston. You know why? Because as soon as he says that, that makes him look bad about not trying to get every dollar he can. I mean, here's the thing. Boston's an inferior city to places, you know, like <clears throat> New York or like LA or Miami or something like that. So you know, I don't, I don't blame Mookie for that for that reason as well. In addition to what you said, now, now if if the Red Sox offered, because I honestly, honestly, give me one reason why the Red Sox should not offer Mookie Betts the biggest contract in MLB history. Because they can trade him to the Mets for the package of the proposed by Bleacher Report in an article this week. Stephen Matz, Brandon Nimmo, the hustle king of baseball, and Thomas. Sabuki, a 23-year-old who hasn't made it past a ball. He throws 98, but he's had two Tommy John surgeries. Well, everyone knows if you can get that for Mookie Betts, you do it. (laughs) Okay, so so here's the thing. The Red Sox overpaid for for David Price, Nathan Avaldi, Chris Sale. 
And yeah, that sucks. Now, but that, if you make one mistake, or even three mistakes, that doesn't mean you have to make up for it with an even dumber mistake. All right, you know, I'm going all in on this rant right now. Mookie Betts is the second best player in all of baseball. Mookie Betts is the first player to ever win a most valuable player, silver slugger, gold glove, batting title, and World Series in the same season. You know why? Because Mookie Betts is a generational player. He is 27 years old, and you're going to trade him over concerns of paying a fucking, like, luxury tax? They'd be paying if they made Mookie Betts today the highest paid baseball player in history. They'd be paying a smaller luxury tax than the Oklahoma City Thunder are. <laughs> okay. That, that, that uh, I enjoyed that so much. I enjoyed that so much. I will I'm, wrap. I'm, this, I will wrap this up with one quick thing. Because I don't even. I don't. I don't even. Just. I don't even understand. I don't even really know what else to say about about this situation. It just is so mind-bogglingly stupid that this is actually a thing that I need to think about as someone that doesn't even care about baseball. <laughs> Unless their tactic was to raise awareness that the fact that baseball exists, because in that case it's working. <laughs> what are they doing? You mean you wouldn't rather have Nathan Eovaldi and his, like, oh, oh, also, and his here's, three here's surgeries? Here's an idea. Here's an idea. If the concern really is about paying like a luxury tax, then take any, literally any player that is not named Raphael Devers or, or Xander Bogarts and package them with, I don't care, David Price and clear that, clear that space. We are not the Cincinnati Reds. Stop acting like it. Who cares about a luxury tax? We are the second highest valued team in all of baseball. Will, would you room with uh, Nathan Eovaldi for a year if he would, if he would, get, if he would, if the Red Sox could keep Mookie Betts and get rid of him? I don't even like baseball, and yes, <laughs> I can't believe that I would make sacrifices to bail out the stupidity of. Okay, we're getting on to the actual. Basketball part of this podcast. I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> Julian, am I being a biased Red Sox fan, or is he actually with the second best player in baseball? No, you're being you're being sensible. Do you know who's not I'll being you. sensible? Okay, okay. So y- y- you know how I how I greatly consider Terry the Terry Rozier contract to be already one of the worst contracts in, in NBA history. I would pay Terry Rozier that on the Celtics to keep Mookie Betts on the Red Sox. <laughs> Whoa. And I don't even like baseball. Would you give James Young two years yes. eight million as well? Yes. <laughs> I would I would I would personally write a check to James Young <laughs> to come be the starter on this year's Celtics team. Oh boy. Because that's how stupid the concept of trading Mookie Betts, the 27-year-old league MVP. For prospects, because maybe, let's say we trade Mookie Betts for five prospects, which even that would be, like, insane if we could even get five. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a 10% chance that one of those five prospects can be 70% as good as Mookie Betts. Maybe? I'm done. The thing with me is the thing. I have, I have one last rule of thumbs that... The Red Sox and any team who need who wants to build a good team needs to needs to think about. As a Yankee fan who hates the Red Sox and has to play them on a yearly basis, 
there are two, maybe two and a half, but two players that primarily scare the living daylights out of me on the Red Sox. Their names are Mookie Betts and Devers. Those guys are, are terrifying. Those guys are stu- superstars. Devers is like Mike Schmidt or something. I know that's a, that's a washed baseball reference, Will, and you probably won't, won't know anything about nope, it. not at all. I, I but... see Mike Schmidt play a game. He's like George fucking Brett, one of those old white guys okay. from, like, the 1980s, you know, hard-nosed okay, guys. I know who guys. George Brett is. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, you can't, you can't trade those guys. Oh, and anyway, by the way, and by the way, like like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, if you trade Mookie, you're losing you're losing JD too. So congratulations, you've now lost two of the top twelve players in baseball. I hate this. You, you can try batting Jackie Bradley fifth. Maybe it'll be better. I'm gonna go become a Cincinnati Reds fan. <laughs> so at least at least if they're cheap, it makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the podcast. All right, sounds good. So we're gonna introduce a new segment on on the basketball episode of the scorer's table called buying or selling. And this is basically going to be a segment where are we buying this concept or are we selling this concept? And we're going to be doing this kind of throughout the season. And the first one we're going to do is, are you buying or selling that the Kings need to solve this buddy healed situation right now? Here's the thing. This is a tough. This is a tough situation because, as hopefully some of our listeners know, and and people who are more new to basketball, new to the podcast, Buddy Heald was approached this week uh, with a four years, ninety million contract offer, if I'm not mistaken, by the Sacramento Kings. That's correct. And Heald said that he was insulted. He has since gone to the media. He has given a, I would say, I was going to say a handful of passive aggressive. Video interviews, but, but they were not passive. There was aggressive. there was nothing passive about them, <laughs> and and the Kings now also with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich looking for some type of extension uh, mm-hmm. or whatnot. The Kings are 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 in a pickle to to say the least right now. Here's the thing: I don't feel bad for the Kings at all. The Kings screwed themselves over, kind of like the Red Sox because they gave Harrison Barnes. A shitload of money this off season, which they didn't have to. You nope. can replace. You can get. You can get. You could have fucking gotten Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is the default option for. Do you know what the Red Sox? Scores that Red Sox would do. Do you know what the Red Sox would do if they overpaid uh, Harrison Barnes? They would trade De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> All right, continue. Facts. In <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I mean. And because they tied up all that money in in Harrison Barnes, and because they have thirty seven million dollars tied up in Corey Joseph, um, they they're cash strapped now, and they gotta. It seems kind of well. Is it right that they kind of have to pick between giving Heald or Bogdanovich a bunch of money now? Hypothetically, no, because they can pay both of them. Um. If they feel like paying the luxury tax, they can. That being said, four years, ninety million for Buddy Heald. It's probably right around what I guess what he deserves. Seems good to me. I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I when I when I was thinking in my head, like, what's the most I would pay for Buddy Heald? I basically came to the conclusion that I'd want to pay him at most a four-year $96 million. At the 96 at the tops? Yeah, that was that was my high number in my head because that would equate to about $24 million a season, 
which I think is is a good number for a player that for for a player that I don't see as someone that can be a top two option on a championship team. Uh-huh. I think he can be a third option. I agree. But then that's an issue if you're going to pay him like a first or a second option or a first or second option. It is. And I, mean, I think that De'Aaron Fox is that first option. You think De'Aaron, Bagley is the second option? And I think that Bagley should eventually grow into that second option. Uh-huh. But look, I really like Buddy Heald. I loved him coming out of the draft. I stupidly said that I would rather have him than Jamal Murray. Um, not that, that's not that stupid. That's not that stupid. Yeah, I didn't take into account that Buddy Heald is already like 38 years old. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he actually? Like 27 he's, or something? He's, he's 27, yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Anyway, I mean, this year, look. This year he averaged uh, 21 a game. He shot t- uh, 43% from three-point. He is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He's not a good defender. He, he's just—he's Clay Thompson light. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a poor man's Clay Thompson. That's a good he's way of putting it. He's a player that they should definitely not want to lose, but definitely not a player that I would do anything in my power to keep. I agree, and at the end of the day, I think I actually have to buy this. I think the Kings will. Just in in an effort to just get this headache out of this uh, out of out of their lives, I think they're they're gonna at least cave to his demands some. I think that they're gonna offer up upwards of a hundred million, and 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 I think and that even that, then, uh, even then that's not terrible. I would I could get behind like if Buddy if 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 the difference between keeping Buddy healed and him leaving was going from ninety to a hundred, mm-hmm. then I would do that. I could do four years one hundred five. Uh, okay, now we're getting really high. No, that's 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 high, but I could talk myself into it. I could talk. I could respect myself giving Buddy Hills four years, one hundred five million. I could the respect problem... myself. One ten, maybe not, but I could. I could at least. I, I could talk myself into that. I mean, the thing is, the Nets signing of of Karis Levert and the hometown discount mm-hmm. he gave them this off season because of both of them are about. A similar age, I think Levert's still twenty-five, but they're they're both they're both at similar points in their careers, I think. And those and Levert was kind of a barometer, I think, for what Heald was going to get with his next contract. And Levert, I think, I think that I small think that, uh, him over. I think I think that that Buddy Heald is more desirable than Karis Levert. I would right now. I would agree. Yes. Um, just because Karis Levert. Not a proven shooter. Um, and Karis Levert, I feel like for him to grow... I feel like for Karis Levert has to be, like, the second best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And Buddy Heald can at the very worst stand in the corner. Yeah, that's, 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 that's like, quite fair. It's, like, it's all like, about I said, like, I proposed this trade to you, and you didn't love it. But I said Buddy Heald for Karis Levert. I would love for both teams. I like it more for the. Uh, I don't know. I actually, I think, I think that. Both I think it's teams better for the rather net. have. I think both teams should rather have who they have right now. No, I, I feel like, no, no. Buddy Heald is a much better fit alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Yes, but I like the potential of Levert, and so far 
he and Kyrie have looked really good together. I like their chemistry, and he's got that bounce back. Preseason. I know, I know, but he's got that bounce back. His shot looks pretty good. I think that the Nets owe it to themselves to to get a full season of production. Oh no, I'm not saying I'm not saying they, they should do it. Like. I'm just saying it would it would be it would be a good idea. I don't think they'd actually ever do it. All right, yeah, I'm I'm kind of buying too that they do need to do something with him because if he's going to tank their season, they're they've got some guys, and this is this is going to be a big year for Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You don't want to ruin a season of, of, of De'Aaron Fox on a rookie contract. Facts. They got a shot of the eighth seed. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Bradley Beal's extension. Good or bad move? For the Wizards. For the Wizards, it's a good move. For Beal, it's, I, I, it's, it's, it's a tough decision, I think, initially for me. But I would say it's a good move for him as well. I'm buying on both. I agree. I agree. For the Wizards, he's still a perfectly he's still a very tradable contract. He's still young. Now he now he cannot get traded this year because he signed an extension. He's ineligible to be traded until next offseason. Yep. So Buddy Heal or sorry, not Buddy Heal, excuse me, uh, Bradley Beal. A lot of B's in these names. Um, mm-hmm. Bradley Beal will not be leaving Washington this year. Now he, he's certainly tradable down the line. But if I'm Bradley Beal, I I don't want to leave Bo- or no I don't want to leave Washington, and the reason is, is because in two years Bradley Beal can become the highest paid player in NBA history, and I will never be mad at the guy for chasing all of the, all the money. Me either. I mean, right now the Wizards, if if Beal wants to win right now, obviously. He shouldn't have taken this extension in the in the shortest of short terms. I mean, the Wizards are going to make the playoffs this year. John Wall is going to be sitting probably in a nice in a nice uh, attire of maybe some designer jeans, a nice button down shirt with. Any four uh... those? <laughs> Seems a little pricey. <laughs> <laughs> but however, along with that that fashionable fit, he's going to have a pair of crutches this season and. With his contract and whatnot, the Wizards don't really have a means to improve this team that isn't in the draft. And if Rui Hachimura doesn't become a star. So, I I mean, for winning, obviously, Beal should have gotten out of there. But here's the thing. Looking at what's happened in the last few years as the game changes with guys like IT and Boogie, we're about to get some crazy paydays. And because of things that were not in their control, they lost them. And it looks like for both of those players, I don't wish this on either player, obviously, but I don't think they're ever going to get that money back. It seems extremely unlikely that they're ever going to get that money back. Mm-hmm. Thus, um, I, I think that Beal made the right choice for taking this money. And though he's going to, you know, he's going to, like you said, he's going to be there for the rest of the year. Ain't nobody in this next offseason free agency class. There's nobody. There is nobody. Can someone I tell you something terrifying? To, someone's going to be happy to, to to pay the cost. I think it's probably going to be someone like Miami. Can I tell you something terrifying? Yes, please. The second highest paid player in the NBA this year is Chris Paul. The third is Russell Westbrook. The okay. fourth is John Wall. Ooh. Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and John Wall this year are making a combined $120 million. Oh, 
man. And by Jesus. and by the last year of each of their contract, they'll be making almost a combined 150 million. Whew. That's you, mean John, you mean John Wall's gonna opt into that last year of his deal? Oh, yeah, did you see that alert today? <laughs> Breaking news, Miami Heat pursuing free agents of 2021. <laughs> That's a stupid It's like it's like, okay, fine. You want to do stupid breaking news? All right, here we go. Breaking news. John Wall has accepted his 2020 or his 2022-23 player option of $47 million. Nicholas breaking Batum. news. <laughs> breaking news. Nicholas Batum already did, as well as Chris Paul. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love that like, like I love that like when I was reading something and it was like it was like well like you know technically um Chris Middleton could opt out in 23 24. Yeah, like he's going to opt out of 41 million dollars. Breaking news, he's accepted that already too. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That's a also, fact. Also Damian Lillard is making 55 million dollars in 24 25. Oh Jesus Christ. I love Lillard, but holy damn. That's insane. That is insane. For someone who's never been the best point guard in the league and likely never will be. That's crazy. Well, he's the second best. Yeah, but, you know, he's not the best. I mean, $55 million, I would, I would hope you're the best point guard in the league. But, you know. We'll, we'll see hey, what China does to the salary cap. Portland's nasty. It'll be fun to watch Portland this year. But, yeah, yeah we'll see. All <laughs> we'll right. See so what now, China does to the salary cap. <laughs> so so now, now we're going to do our our predictions, our award predictions for this season. Now these aren't just your. We have we have like you know your typical MVP, most improved player. We have those kind of awards, but we also have a few interesting ones towards the end. So you're gonna want to stay tuned to hear those. But we're gonna start off nice and easy. MVP, who's your pick? Well, first, like most of these categories, I'm gonna have a few nominees. You know, I was. Um, we're, we're these these are real award shows. We're not just picking someone out of the <laughs> air. You know, so we've we've got it here. Um, but anyway, for MVP, I've got three. I've got three candidates. Okay. I, well, actually, four because James Harden at this point is just a d- default MVP candidate. Yep, that's fair. just what he is. So I'm going. So it's between Harden, AD, Giannis, and Jokic. Those okay. are my nominees, and they, they seem pretty, you know, generic or whatnot. Personally, I think that because guys like Harden and AD are going to be in situations where they have to adjust to chemistry, I'm going Jokic this year. I think that this is his year. I wow. Think he showed he might be, he showed his MVP potential last year. He had a fantastic year. Wow. I think because of the, I think because of the Nuggets continuity – I think because I think Murray's going to be better this year. They still got Beasley, Harris, maybe Michael Porter, uh, Jeremy Grant. That's a stacked team. I think the Nuggets are going to be the number mm-hmm. one seed. And yep. I, I think, that. yeah, I, I think Jokic is in a, in, a, in a small decision. I think that he is going to win it this year. Wow. Okay. Now, Jokic is actually my third person. Mm, you okay. did not need my first person. Who, who did I miss? Embiid? Curry. Oh, oh, my top three goes Curry, AD, Jokic. And the reason why I think it's Curry is this is going to be a Russell Westbrook type MVP year. This is going to be a narrative award of, of you might as well call this year the Steph Gasm. You might as because, well call this the fuck you, everybody. <laughs> because a year for Steph. That's what Steph is doing. Basically, Steph Curry is going to average about 33 points a game this year. He's going to set the NBA record for most threes made in the season. The Warriors are going to be so banged up. They're, I don't think Klay Thompson will play a single game this year. I don't 
and obviously Kevin Durant is gone. They lost Iguodala as well. They traded him. And it, I just, I feel like this is going to be a, a everyone ap- starts appreciating Steph Curry again year. And the voting will reflect that. I think, I, 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 I think that he will be a winner of, M- I think he'll be an MVP winner and they will win about 49 games and nothing about it will make sense. But everyone loves Steph and everyone loves a good comeback story. I agree with that pretty much, honestly. I think that Steph is definitely going to be in the running. And I think that though the reason I'm going with Jokic, though, is I think at the end of the day, people like number one seeds. If you're the That's one or fair. two seed in the conference, voting-wise... People fuck with it, and I think that, that, that that's, that's probably the biggest reason why I think Jokic is going to be over Steph. And Steph is going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'd be shocked if he doesn't break his own three-point record this year. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Somebody's got to take those shots. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it's, and it should be him. Because mm-hmm. if it's not, then it's Alec Burks. and Iso D'Angelo, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think D'Angelo will actually help them because it'll allow them to play off the ball. I can't wait to watch the two of those together in regular season. I don't know what it's 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 going to be odd to see the fit, but I think that you know there's probably a better a better chance than not that with the infrastructure and Steve Kerr and whatnot that they're going to be able to work it out. Yep. Okay. Next award, most improved player. I'll I'll go first this time. You went first last time. Only All right. fair. My top two. I'll start off with number two. Mitchell Robinson. Ooh. Now, normally, normally, and I say normally because I just, I hate this, and I can't believe I'm about to do this. I hate giving second-year players most improved player. That's a jump for Mitchell Robinson shit. I hate that. But I've been watching a lot of Mitchell Robinson this preseason. I think that he's legit. I think that he is going to have, I think that he is Clint Capella. Ooh. And... Last year, he averaged seven points, six rebounds, uh, two and a half blocks. I think this year those numbers go up to about 15 points, 15 rebounds, and four blocks. I think he's going to have a monster year. That dude is an athletic freak, and he jumps out of the building. Now, my number one, though, is not Mitchell Robinson. It's De'Aaron Fox. Oh, okay. De'Aaron Fox last year, 17 points a game, great season, seven assists a game, whatever, good shooting, good whatever, everything. He was great. This year's the year where he makes that leap. He's going to have a monster third-year third leap. He's going to be averaging around 24 points a game this year. I think that he increases his scoring by by almost 10 points a game, whatever, nine, eight points a game. I think that this is his year. I'm very high on him. I'm picking De'Aaron Fox. Okay, I think so. he goes. I think he takes that very rare, good to great leap, which is the hardest leap to take in all of basketball. Honestly, there's a there's a hell of a good there's a you know I wish that Deion Fox had played with like Team USA more and had gotten those yep. reps. Um, but you know, honestly, I, I I don't disagree. I think that I think Fox is gonna have a great year this year, and and, and no, I'm with you on that. However, my my choice is different. For most improved player, I was tempted to go with my man Bruno Caboclo, who Oof. I've invested all my life savings in. Two years away from two years away. It's his year. He's here. He is here. Bruno, the 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 pride of Brazil, he's here. However, and this and this might be the same as like comeback player of the year award. Maybe my, my definitions for do most it, improved Julian. player. Do it. Do it. 
Markel Fultz. Hell yeah! We are here. Let's do it, bro. Okay. I'm now so. Let, I am all in for Markel Fultz this year. I am all in. Now I feel stupid because, as I have said on this podcast, I have predicted him as an all star this year. How could I not <laughs> pick him? I have literally said he's going to be an all star this year. How did I not pick him? Anyway, no. I, I'm actually going to bump everyone down on my list one spot. You're right. It is Markel <laughs> Fultz. I don't know how I forgot him. It yeah, is Markel Fultz. I'm dead, bro. All honestly, right. I like I yeah. like the I like the way he's played in preseason. I yep. think that he, he's a standout defender. He's got that he's got that nice spin move that he, Everyone he does around. Everyone loves him. a comeback. That's a fact, and I think that he's he's shown a lot of aggression. He's not afraid to take shots this year. I think I and in the the workout videos that you know they they uh, oh, uh that we yeah, that we yeah. saw you know I mean the workout videos are annoying but no I know yeah. Markel it matters because it's like can he shoot a basketball oh yeah you better believe anytime I get what get a Bleacher Report alert about any footage of Markel Fultz doing anything basketball oh, I'm on it. oh yeah if I got alert about Beyonce stabbing someone in the neck with a razor blade and like bathing in the blood. <laughs> I would, I would click on well that that's just I wouldn't want to watch that anyway but shit I'm I'm clicking on Markel Fultz over anything. Yeah. <laughs> if we have sex tape, I'm going Markel Fultz. I don't care. I'm, what's I'm sad. Over- what's sad is that I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like if I got two alerts back to back and it was like whatever, and then the next one was watch Markel Fultz hit four free throws in a row, I'd be like sign me up. <laughs> All right, next award. Sixth man of the year, also known as the Lou Williams, uh, the, the Lou Williams uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. What would be a better word for that, though? The Lou Williams, the Lou Williams Invitational. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So, yeah, my sixth man that's choice good, is Lou Williams. For me, I, I I disagree. I disagree. I think Lou. I think Lou Will. You know, he's Lou Will. He's gonna have a great year this year, probably. However, I'm going with my man Spencer Dinwiddie, pride of Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, he's he's my second choice. That's a totally fair pick. And Dinwiddie, the last few years, he's been he's been sniffing around the award. He's been second, third, stuff like that. And the, I think that one of the biggest reasons, other than Lou Williams, that he didn't win the award was because of nagging injuries that that hampered his production. And this year, if he can stay healthy the entire year, Kyrie's gonna miss like twenty games. We know that. That's a fact. Yep. His production, real leader, right there. Yep. <laughs> He's going to be out here production-wise, and I think I think Dinwiddie, as, as a as I guess a veteran in a long tenured net at this point, I think that he's he's got a great rapport with his teammates, and he's one of their most obviously one of their most important pieces. And I think that he's going to have a great year this year. I think he's he's my pick. I think he's going to finally get it. That's fair. That's fair. I just I think that as long as Lou Williams is walking on this earth, he is the he is the sixth man of the air, and there's nothing that can be done to change that. All right. Next one, rookie of the year. Now, obviously, obviously, both of our first pick is Zion. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna move past that one and say who is finishing second for rookie of the year. Hmm, this is a hard category, but for me, I've got a few players in mind. Okay, um, my nominees are going to be. I'm thinking Tyler Harrow has a shot because mm-hmm. he, he's looked good in preseason. He looked good in summer league. And though, you know, 
he he was pretty cringy at the draft, you know what I'm saying, with his with his terrible suit and he, he looked like he looked <laughs> like the rough. type of person to, that all his Instagram captions are attributed to Quavo or, or whatnot. But you know Tyler Harrow Tyler Harrow looks like he writes all of his Instagram captions in all caps. And you, you know you know you know how Cam Newton writes his uh, Instagram captions with like the weird fonts? Yeah. I could see Tyler Harrow doing that. Yeah. It definitely says big drip on the regular. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> bro, oh my I was god. bro, Dennis, I was at the gym the other day, and this and, and and some frat guys were bench pressing next to me. They're like, "Yeah, man, dude, that's totally true, bro. No cap." <laughs> I'm actually gonna find <laughs> Tyler Harrow's Instagram account right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy, the thing is, I hope T- Tyler Harrow has a great year, so we can call him Harrow Ball. It's perfect. <laughs> There's no more Hero All Ball. Right. Hero Ball. Anyway, I would say All right, that... so wait, 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 hold on, this is important. Okay. I just went to Tyler Harrow's Instagram because I decided I need to read what his bio is and his latest caption. Oh, great. His I'm bio. At it too. <laughs> his bio. Slow motion is better than no motion. <laughs> and his most recent Instagram caption is, I used to daydream. I pictured everything so vividly. <laughs> Why was this the most foreshadowed stuff of all time? Four, four posts ago... Nothing was the same, dot, dot, dot. Oh my god, go to five posts ago. Go to five posts ago. Extraordinary swag. (laughs) Alright, so that was was a little on the go. Big spiller. (laughs) Misjudged often, but I overstand it. Oh my god. Very seductive to the camera. Alright, so so who else do you have for Rookie of the Year? (laughs) I have other Rookie of the Year picks. I've got Rui Hachimura. Who I okay. college, I think he got overdrafted, but someone not named Bradley Beal's got to take shots for the Wizards. Yep. You know that it, it's not Troy Brown Jr. Likely, it's it's I I think that I think Hachimura he's he's weirdly instinctual for someone who's still raw, but you know even though and you know people have spoken so much and here's I don't I don't believe in Gonzaga players. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I I don't. I don't. I I didn't believe in Adam Morrison. I didn't believe in Olenek, even though I was. I guess I was semi wrong about that. But Olenek's pretty good. Yeah, Olenek's pretty good. But um. But anyway, I I, I think that Hachimura's got a great work ethic. I think that you know he could he could really do something in in the league this year. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. All and right. My my other guy. I I think that there is some potential for a Darius Garland case. Okay. Darius Garland is 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 rawer than Salmonella. We know that. That's a fact. <laughs> oh my he, played, God. he played four college games last year, but I like him. Someone's got to take the shots for the Cavs. Yeah, Dexon will be taking shots for the Cavs. And I think, Kevin Love well gets too, tra- but... I think Kevin Love gets traded to Portland. So okay, that those are all good choices. Uh-huh. But you're going to agree with mine. All right, what is it? Michael Porter Jr. Ooh, I think that Michael Porter Jr. This year shows that he can be Denver's second star. Oh wow! He looked really good in the preseason. I haven't watched him at all yet. He he's hit he's hit some tough shots. He has he has a much better step back than I ever knew. He can shoot threes. He's athletic. He is a perfect power forward next to Jokic. I'm here for it. He's six He's I think big. that he's legit. I think that he's legit. Hey, the thing with MPJ has never been about his his ability. His ability is always there. It's about that 
He hasn't played an organized basketball game in two years. That's no, the problem. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Now, I want to throw out one more player for Rookie of the Year. Not that they're going to win, but just because I need to shout this guy out. Carson right. Edwards. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm shouting AKA, him out in a few awards a- from now. A.K.A. <laughs> A.K.A. Meat Buckets. <laughs> A.K.A. A.K.A. Hashtag See Us Thighs. Remember that really stupid Celtic slogan, hashtag CS Rise, and it looked and it just looked like like a uh, Cuss Cruise. Oh what's my god, the, that, was, that was terrible. The, what's the Celtic slogan for this year? I don't know. It should be CS Thighs. I still love that. I I love when we were talking about the other day about about what M- NBA team slogans really should be. <laughs> All right, but the reason I want to throw out Carson Edwards here against the Cavaliers in the last preseason game, he hit eight three pointers in one quarter, in about seven minutes, including, what was it, six in six straight possessions? I, that dude, if Steph Curry went on that, went on that, it would be all over everything and people would never stop talking about it. That was one of the hottest shooters I have ever seen in my entire life. He hit eight three-pointers in seven minutes. That is Clay Thompson in the third quarter against whoever that was, ask. This dude is going to randomly drop 40 points in a game this year. So he was not. Edwards is fantastic. I love him. He was great in the tournament. He showed some big game chops there. He's got some balls. He's not afraid. Oh, he is not afraid at all. And, you know, he, like you said, he was fantastic. And he's going to get minutes on the Celtics this year. That's not, that's not to be disputed. I think yeah, that he's he, got. He's, spark plug. He's, he's got real Isaiah Thomas potential. Not not the Pistons Isaiah Thomas, obviously, or, <laughs> or former Knicks GM Isaiah Thomas potential, no, obviously. He but... had, he, yeah, he doesn't have 28 points a game Isaiah Thomas potential, but he certainly has, like, first year in Boston, 20 points a game off the bench potential. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a fan favorite, 100%. That dude can shoot. I, like, like, I'm going to call it as it is. I don't really follow college basketball, so when we drafted him, I was like, I don't know who that is. It took me one quarter of one preseason game for him to become, like, my third favorite player on the team. <laughs> like, my order literally goes Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Carson Edwards. No love for Ojale. No comment. <laughs> now, Ojale shot, again, like, 27% in the preseason this year. I am, I, am out, I am farther out than, like, I'm so far out that I'm now across the world and I'm back in. <laughs> Like, I've now exited the door twice. All right. <laughs> I've All exited right. the door twice. <laughs> All right. Next, ne- next, award, next award. Let's let's do, the, let's do these next few pretty quickly. Defensive player of the year. Who do you have? I want to hear who you have first. Joel Embiid. Ooh. I think that the Sixers are going one. to. I think the Sixers are going to be a historically good defense this year. Al Horford next to him. Al Horford is probably, like, Al Horford was, like, secretly, like, the third best defensive player in the league, like, the last few years, and no one paid attention. Uh And Embiid's going to learn a ton from him. He's going to learn about positioning. Because that's the thing with Embiid. He's really good, but there's always that teeny, teeny bit of you that watches him play, and and you're like, does he fully understand what's going on? Uh Al Horford is going to make sure he does. That makes a lot of sense. I think that Josh Richardson is a fantastic defender. Obviously, uh, Ben Simmons is a great defender. They just, they have size, they have length, they have, they can, they're going to be able to switch like one through five. 
Uh-huh. It's going to be awesome to watch. And their defense is going to be really good when he's off the court, which will help their numbers l- look good. I think he's their defensive player of the year. That, yeah, that would be my pick. I've got two nominees. I think that if Giannis doesn't win MVP, I think he's going to have a great year this year. And I think that they got to give him a, you know, he's got to win some award. I don't yep. know what it is. He's got to win some shit. So I think that Giannis is definitely in, a nominee for me. Also because this is, in another way, this is a fuck you year, I think, for Giannis. I think that a lot of people are counting the Bucks out as far as also a finals pick in their preseason predictions. I think that Giannis was, has been reading and, and watching all the stuff that people had to say about his, his poor performance uh, for the Greek national team as the Yankees just won game five. Let's send, this, let's send the series back to Houston. The Yankees are not done yet. That's what I'm talking about. That's that real New York shit. That was, anyway. that was really polite of you. You wanted to give the home crowd their own chance to win on their home field. That was considerate. I know, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Say, yeah. So, so, so who's your pick for defensive player of the year? Jonathan Isaac. I'm going for it. Oh, I think, whoa! I, I think Jonathan Isaac's going to have a great year. Okay, He's, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought I was the CEO of the Jonathan Isaac bandwagon. <laughs> I think I might have just bought out. I, I might have just bought you out. I just went out of business right there. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Look, I think Jonathan Isaac is going to be an incredible player and really good defender. But I don't see him playing over 25 minutes a game this year. I no, mean, honestly, that's that's fair, but I think I I just like what I, I like what I've seen from Isaac so far. He's got a team around him that that's great defensively with as far as uh their coaching and Aaron Gordon's a good defender. Who knows? Maybe uh maybe Mo Bamba is gonna, nope. gonna show something. Maybe nope. um save we'll, that time right there. We'll, we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to him later. Um and oh uh, okay yeah no okay here's here's the thing about Isaac. That I will say. Okay. If every he puts everything together, he can be the best defender in the league. That dude's wingspan that dude's wingspan's incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, when I was talking about the Sixers defenders, how can I forget Matisse Thibel? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. I will say I one said, quick one yeah. quick thing. I want to give a shout out to Jalen Brown real quick. Okay. I I, I think I Jalen Brown impressed me so much last year with his resolve as far as Despite having someone he absolutely hated on his on his roster with the only with player that hated Kyrie more than I did. <laughs> Shit, yeah. He had him on his team the entire year. He he showed resolve to get through that situation. And he had a hell of a second half to the year. I think that is when you look at the Celtics, Brown and Smart are the only guys who know how to play defense. Other oh yeah, that, it, it's it's a complete shit show. And I think that those guys yeah. they, they need if if Brown can take maybe another step forward, even as a defender, I could see him him as a contender for the award. Okay, I like that. I like that. And actually, here's the thing. I will say this. I was worried about the Celtics playing Ennis Cantor, mm-hmm. but Brad Stevens has already said that he will not be a starter this year. So, <laughs> Robert Williams time? No, Daniel Tice. Oh, yikes. Okay. What? No, Daniel Tice is a good defender, at least. I mean, he's, he's competent. I mean, he's looks you know, like he has... He looks like he's like on drugs on offense <laughs> sometimes, but like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. He's a good what defender, the, though. Uh, and, what, and the, what about Legrand Baguette? Oh my God, Legrand Baguette! How could I forget about him? <laughs> he he he'll he'll start a few games too. He's a oh. he's a big body. Young Frederick Weiss. 
All right, next award. Coach of the year. That was a washed reference. <laughs> Coach of the year. Who you got? I'm going honestly, I've got I've got three nominees for this. I've got Doc Rivers. Okay. I think I, I think that, you know, Clippers are the Clippers. I think Brad Stevens. Ooh. Brad Ste I like the Celtics team. Brad I think does the Celtics like his underdogs teams. I think exactly. I think that the Celtics have a path to 50 games. If the Celtics can get to 50 games, tell me why Stevens shouldn't be the shouldn't be the coach of the year. Uh because that's only one more win than last year. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they don't have Horford, they don't have Kyrie. I mean, they got Kemba, but I think that we we both acknowledge that one's an upgrade. Yeah. I mean, but losing <laughs> Alex all right, who's your who, who's your number one? Because I have a feeling it's the same as mine. I'm going Mike Malone. That is also mine. Oh, okay, okay. All right, we're we're on the same wavelength here. Why yeah. do you why do you think he's going to get it? The Nuggets are going to be the number one seed in the West. Mike uh-huh. Malone should Mike Malone probably should have one Coach of the Year this year. Bingo, me too. Um, if I was going to tell you, people don't realize. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. People don't realize. Okay. But the the Denver Nuggets. Were, <laughs> what impression were you doing there? Old old man on ESPN yelling about how people don't realize, or pe- 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 people don't realize that that Andrew Luck or over there. Well, I don't care. Now, That's Ryan. Yeah. Now <laughs> the Nuggets had a ton of injuries last year. Gary Harris missed thirty games. Will Barton missed forty games. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Paul Millsap missed twelve. Um, who else? Tory Craig missed like ten. Michael Porter. Uh, Michael Porter missed the entire season. Uh, Nick Young played four games for them. <laughs> that right there should count as an injury. <laughs> Look, the point is, the point is, yeah. they were they were missing a ton. Yeah, why, missing- are you, why are you hating on my guy Swaggy P? Damn, Swaggy P shot thirty three percent. Now. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to scroll down to Swaggy P's here, advanced numbers, just because I can. All right. During uh, Swaggy P's time on the court, they were out in his, I don't even know how many minutes per game. In his 37 total minutes, which is how many per game? Nine minutes a game, they were outscored. What is, uh, by seven points a game in those nine minutes. Now he's shaking off the rust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nuggets, nuggets had a lot of injuries. I think that they're, I think that they're legit. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I have nothing else to say. I agree with you, Michael Malone, yeah. Coach of the Year. All right, cool. Next, next topic. We're gonna, we're gonna go through a few of these a little bit quicker. The I still have too much stock in this guy, but I think this is his year award. Let me just go off and say I might as well call this the R.J. Hunter Nick Stauskas Honorary <laughs> Award because for the life of me, you will never be able to convince me that R.J. Hunter should not have been a good player. Me neither. And yet, watching him on the court, he had no idea what to do. Incredible. 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 My pick for this award is Markel Fultz. Mm. I have... I mean, you know, I have so much stock in this guy. When I thought the Celtics were going to take him, I was sky high on him. I... I'm not giving up. I p- I'm picking him as an all-star this year. I think this is his year. Do I have too much stock? Probably. He'll probably play about 15 games. Who cares? Let's go, Fultz. This is his year. Comeback player of the year. Finals MVP. Most valuable player. Defensive player of the year. He's winning every award. Markel Fultz time. Let's go. 
Let's do it. Okay, not we're, actually that much. Not actually like the, that much, but we're like the co-dictators of Markel Fultz Island. Everybody I know, else better. I know. <laughs> oh, for me, this is this is one of the all-time homer picks of all time. Oh my god, Glenn Robinson the third. Oh my god, that's not where I thought you were going with that one. <laughs> Glenn Robinson the third last year was terrible. He shot twenty nine. He, he shot twenty nine percent from three. That's, oh God! That's, that's almost that's like Bruce, Kyle Kuzma number. <laughs> that's like Bruce Brown esque. But here's the thing: he was on the same team as Bruce Brown. The Pistons, <laughs> <laughs> the Pistons had no one who could shoot last year. The Pistons are still a complete shit show. We'll get to them more later. Trust me. However, the year before that, he shot a quiet forty one percent from three. Really. Yes, on Indiana. I think that when there's more floor spacing on a competent franchise. Hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that floor spacing helps shooting? <laughs> Defense and toughness doesn't win? <laughs> I don't even know what's going on in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, anyway. shocked you, I'm shocked you didn't pick Malik Monk. Ah, uh, man. that's uh, It's close. Malik Monk is my, he's my runner-up. However, he and DJ Wilson have to be my runner-ups. Oh my god! I I think I think I think Glenn Robinson is going to be good this year. Someone's got to play those minutes that Kevin Durant and Iggy and Clay Thompson left. Someone's got to play the three for this team. Well, for my for my MVP pick to come true, you kind of have to be right. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's hope. Let's hope. Glenn Robinson the third. I believe in you, bro. All right. Next award. The Earl Watson Award for first coach fired. Wasn't wasn't that a great trophy name on my part? Oh, great one. Well, was it, was <laughs> Earl Watson lasted four games or something. Yep. Which was honestly a le- Phoenix learned a lesson there that everyone else already knew. Um, <laughs> if you're a rebuilding team, don't hire the coach just because everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. Maybe pick a coach that like anyway. Anyway, the Phoenix Suns are not are not the the Cleveland Cavs with LeBron. You don't have to appease Devin Booker yet. <laughs> who's your pick? For me, obviously, I think... I'm, I'm going to say, who's my non-Frank Vogel pick? That's Cause better. Because if, if, if the Lakers situation goes awry, I mean... we, we There is a Vogel. very realistic Frank Vogel gets fired four games into the season scenario. Will, do you watch Breaking Bad by any chance? Have I do not. I'm show? sorry. Oh, my God. For, for those Breaking Bad listeners of this podcast... God, well, we need to both compile a list of, like, uh, movies and TV shows that we both seen. But right. you might know, Will, Breaking Bad is about a high school chemistry teacher, Walter White. I, yeah, I know the concept, yeah. meth. Frank Vogel is the Walter White of professional basketball. I'm listening. And LeBron James is Walter White's one-time boss, Gus Fring. Here's the thing. In season three, Frank Walter White was at risk. Gus Fring was was trying to kill him because of Walter's indiscretions. And Gus had a young meth cook, a young astute meth cook, to be Walt's assistant. Who could learn the formula? You know what? And and because Walt knew at the first chance, Gus, aka LeBron, was gonna kill him off. So what did he do? He he enlisted Jesse Pinkman to kill his understudy so that he could keep the job for himself. 
His understudy was a man by the name of Gail Bedeker. Jason Kidd is the Gail Bedeker of basketball. I was just going to say, this feels like a very long explanation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, Frank Vogel is the Walter White of basketball. His mm. boss is probably going to want him gone in favor of his understudy, who was picked for him, essentially. Yep. And I'm not, I'm obviously not, <laughs> not proposing that Frank Vogel kills someone, but I mean, if he wants to keep his job, he's got to get Jason Kidd fired. That's so who's, who's your non-Frank Vogel pick? Dwayne Casey. Hmm. Okay. Here's why. And this Let's actually, and this is going to tie into uh, the Billy King trophy that we're presenting later on. This By the way, podcast. I'm, I'm going to preemptively say poor Dwayne Casey. Poor Dwayne Casey. Here's the thing. I think the Pistons front office and their owner, who's who's like well liked actually, like Tom Gore is like well respected, but mm-hmm. Ed Stefanski and Pistons front office have. Uh, oh, we'll get to them. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get oh, to them. Oh, we'll get to them. They've compiled. I don't want to say a pile of shit because there's like nice things mixed in with the pile of shit. It's like if you robbed like a jewelry store and like dumped it in a pile of manure. That's like what the that's what the the Pistons it's a thrift are right shop. Now. Yes, it's a thrift shop. It's the, the Pistons are the Macklemore of basketball. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh that's God. a fact. And I think that the, the the Pistons think that Dwayne Casey because he's a good coach. I think he's a good coach. I think they think that he's gonna win with this roster. I don't know how anyone wins with this roster. They have Derrick Rose. No, not Derrick at Rose, all. Derrick Rose and Bruce Brown will be playing together. Bruce Brown of the 25% three-point percentage will be playing with Derrick Rose. That's all I have to say. I feel like Taco Fall would be the second-best three-point shooter on that team. <laughs> my my first coach-fired pick is Brett Brown. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Okay. He was on the hot seat at the end of last year. They chose to bring him back. They have the Elton Brand experiment of let's just throw a ton of random pieces together is in full effect. Mm -hmm. Their starting lineup is very good. Their bench is not so much. And the problem with their starting lineup is they're going to be very good defensively but they're not – I don't see it on offense. I think that this whole Ben Simmons is now going to shoot threes thing is totally ridiculous. He made one heave at the end of the shot clock. Everyone's like, Ben Simmons can shoot now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. So you're telling me that – okay, so today today at work, I rolled up a – I rolled up a, a piece of paper and crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage can. Does that make me now a pro basketball player? <laughs> no. It means that I luckily hit the wall behind the trash can. <laughs> That's Ben Simmons shooting that three-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. No, I'm, I'm I think, I think Brett Brown is I'm the first you. one fired because I think that if they don't start off like on fire, they're they're just they're just gonna ax him. They I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't see how he's how it could survive a slow start. I agree with that. Real quick, if, if bear in mind, I kind of like Brett Brown. If Brown does get fired, who you, who do you think would be the de facto pick to uh, of coach to replace him? Like, 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 what do you mean? Like for next season, or what assistant coach would step in? Who's who's the next real coach for this team after Brett Brown? 
Oh God. Um, Mike Woodson. <laughs> Jeff Mike Van Brown. Gundy. Ooh, Mark Jackson time. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know. I don't even that's know. The, that's the weird thing. Like until Becky Hammond or one of those people is available, it's it's like dry out here for head coach wise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Also, can I give a uh wait, I, I just I texted you this earlier today. Who is yeah, can I just give a shout out to New Orleans? Apparently Jeff Bazelik is now on their coaching staff. Big shout out, wow. I don't know how I didn't know that. What a freaking signing. Like that's great. Good for them. Oh fantastic. David Griffin, man. David Griffin, that's all I gotta say. What a what a fantastic job he's also, done, obviously. Also, for years New Orleans has had one of the worst training staffs in the league, like in terms of uh medical staff and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just stole the Phoenix Suns medical staff, and Phoenix Suns have had like a notoriously, or a, not notorious, a, a really good medical staff for years, like like one of the best. And they were just like, "Hey, you want to just come to us?" And they're like, "Okay." Like, good for David Griffin. Good for David Griffin. All right, next award: most highlight real plays. Let's hear it. Who's Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards, yes. I'm all, I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. Let's do it. Beat buckets. <laughs> Beat buckets. <laughs> I don't even know how that already became his nickname, but I saw that on Twitter, and I'm sticking with it. I have nothing else to say. Carson Edwards, who's your pick? Zach Levine. Oh, that's interesting. He's, he's going to take a ton of shots this year. I think he averages about 25 points a game. Um. Oh, speaking of a ton of shots here, I'm actually going to quickly change the subject to Andrew Wiggins for half a second. Did you see his quote about how about uh, him not being ranked in the top 100 players? Is is it, it's oh, it's that whole thing? Jesus it, Christ! It, it was a two part quote, and the second part wasn't very shared. So I don't know if you missed it, but I'm going to share it with all the audience in case they did. Andrew Wiggins' defense about. Why he's actually in the top 100 players is because, and I quote, how many guys averaged more points per game than I did? <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure that in his mind, only checks the points category. As as Andrew Wiggins ever watched himself play? He's watched his offensive highlights. <laughs> He watches films. His version of watching film is he goes on YouTube and watches and looks up Andrew Wiggins highlights. Andrew Wiggins definitely has a subscription to like House of Highlights. He's always on there. Andrew Wiggins seven for thirty, great game. (laughs) And check, yeah, Andrew Wiggins seven seven of thirty. Check out the twenty points he scored. All right, Zach Levine, that was my pick. He's going to take a ton of shots. He's one of the most athletic guys in the league. No one no one is a smoother dunker than he is. He love. glides. He's a crazy dunker. I don't really love him as a player, but I could watch him dunk for days. And I'll, I'll, one one uh, real quick, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Kevin Porter Jr., who was easily, I think, one of the most interesting rookies out here this this uh, this year as far as someone who kind of reminds me of a young Jamal Crawford. Lefty's got a similar skill set to him. I have no idea where the ball is going as far as when, when Kevin Porter shoots it. It might be it might be going the to the bench. It might be <laughs> it might be going to <laughs> it, it might be going to the scores table. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. However, 
he's a fun player to watch. And I think that, you know, he's obviously going to get minutes on this Cavs team if, you know, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't take them all, but but um but but yeah, he's gonna be fun to watch this year. He's he's the next nominee for me. All right, I like it. Next topic the Ricky Davis Award for most likely to score forty points on thirty percent shooting. Can we just both agree this is Terry Rogier? Yep. All right. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah, on to the next one. Actually speaking of <laughs> speaking of Terry Rogier. A, a quick, quick impromptu is Terry Rogier, the Rogier Report, brought to you by uh, the Other Side Clothing brand. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry Rogier looked pretty good this po- this preseason. I'll give him that. He's looked good. He's actually passing the ball. And I, I was watching him play against the Celtics. He had a contested mid range he could have pulled up for and chose to pass instead. Will, I'm gonna give you this question real quick. Are you buying or selling this whole time? Terry Rozier wasn't the Celtics' problem. Instead, Selling. the Celtics were Terry Rozier's problem. The Celtics held Terry Rozier back. The Dwight Howard Award for player. Locker Room Cancer of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to finish that. <laughs> All right. But seriously, the Dwight Howard Award for Locker Room Cancer of the Year. You already know my pick. Yep. How can I possibly pick anyone but Kyrie Irving? Oh, God. Kyrie panic meter for me is still about it's it's still about the same at a six. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be the, the did, season did, the next did, few weeks of the season Kyrie is Irving, the thing gonna matter on. Did Kyrie Irving saying quote I want to educate myself further about the China situation help or hurt the Kyrie Irving panic meter? Because that would have shot me up to a thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What does Kyrie do on Columbus Day? I don't know if he even know it's Columbus Day. Do you think Kyrie owns a calendar? <laughs> or does he believe that dates and times are just society's version of trying to control us? The societal constructs, Will. It's not 1031 right now, you know. it's That's what society wants us to think. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're the government's boxing us into this, this mind frame, you know. Yeah. <laughs> can I? Okay. Anyway, can I? Anyway. Can I can I just give can I just give uh, four pieces of evidence about why Kyrie Irving is my pick for this award? Okay. I'm not even going to to talk about what happened during the Orlando game where he yelled at Gordon Hayward. I'm not going to talk about him insulting the young guys. I'm not going to talk about him yelling at a fan to suck his dick. I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about him telling Brad Stevens, asking Brad Stevens what government means to him. I'm not going to talk about him refusing to sign up balls for charity. I'm not going to talk about any of those things. I'm just going to present the last four games of the Milwaukee Bucks series. I think you have, do you, do you have these, do you have a tattoo of these statistics? Four for 18, <laughs> eight for 22, seven for 22, six for 21, and asking to guard Giannis. Who's your pick? <laughs> I'm gonna give a lifetime achievement award to Dwight Howard. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. There's no one else that deserves this award. I'm sorry. It. It's tempting it. to give it to Wiggins, maybe. It's tempting to give it to Kyrie. Cancer of the year. It, I, don't know. I, I have nothing else to say. Everybody's saying, you know, a lot of these ESPN type analysts are like, you know, I think Dwight Howard, you know, he's really humbled himself as a basketball player. I think that, I, I think that, you know, this year he's gonna be, tur- he's gonna turn it around. I saw um, a Lakers blog post on Twitter that Dwight Howard looks like Dwight Howard of five years ago. 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, first of all, bullshit. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, Dwight Howard of five years ago was still like last season in Houston. Like that's not a compliment. <laughs> I watched I watched a good amount of the Lakers Nets last week. Yeah, Dwight was abhorrent. He was abhorrent. He he was he was mi- he couldn't even get offensive rebounds. He was looking like he hadn't played offense in like three but, years. But, but Julian, but Julian, terrible. But Julian. They weren't posting him up. That's why. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Definitely. All right. So, no, I mean, look, look. Do I think Kyrie's going to be as bad as he was last year? Not even close. And, and again, for the first four months of the season, he is going to be on his best behavior. It's going to be awesome. There will be not a peep out of Kyrie Irving. And then Karis LeVert will shoot four for 11 in a game. And Kyrie Irving will say that the young guys don't get it. Oh, God. I pray and not. that's how it starts. So I right, say. teammate of the year, the I opposite hope, of this award. And by the Lance, way, what? Lance Thomas will be teammate of the year if he puts Kyrie in a chokehold. Oh my God. Teammate of the year. I'm going the opposite of Kyrie. I'm going Kemba Walker because I'm predicting this year the Celtics team is going to be known as the good vibes Celtics team. And good luck finding a single person to say a single bad word about Kemba Walker. Mm, okay. Okay. For me. Well, I know you love him already. I said you would love him. Hell Enos Cantor. Yes. Oh, Enos nope. Cantor. Nope. Enos Cantor. I'm all in on Enos Cantor this year for the Celtics. I resend. Enos, Enos hasn't been great this preseason. I mean, nope. he's been he's been pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to use I don't want to use the word abhorrent two times in five minutes, but. Uh, on defense, he hasn't exactly been terrific. I was expecting, I was expecting really bad defense out of Cantor. Like I went in with really low expectations. Like, like okay, this is going to be terrible, and yet I've still been disappointed. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm looking at Taco Falls two way contract, and I was like, well, that's that's like, that's like twelve games where Cantor doesn't have to play. <laughs> I am. Out on Cantor. Yeah, I don't I'm, care. Cantor is going to score like 12 points a game, get six rebounds. I'm going to be like, oh, Cantor, 12 and six in only 20 minutes. Why don't we play him more? And I'm going to be like, can someone just please like watch him guard a pick and roll? <laughs> oh, my God. He got torched by a Terry. He got torched by a Terry Rozier, Cody Zeller pick and roll. <laughs> Does he know how to switch? I, I don't know. Like, that's a legitimate question. That's a problem. <laughs> Like, I was watching a game, and you could hear Kemba Walker yell, Switch! <laughs> like, I could hear it through the TV. So do you know what Cantor does? Sit on ball. Immediately just goes to, like, to, like, double. <laughs> He's Cody Zeller. No, 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 sorry. Sorry. He didn't yell switch. He, he yelled, he yelled uh, stay home. That's what it was. He yelled, stay home. Because it immediately Kemble, or immediately Cantor iced the guy. And it was just a wide open Cody Zeller dunk or Heron Gomez or some bad Charlotte center. The point is, oh my God, I'm out on Kemp, on, on Ennis Cantor. <laughs> what if Kemble was talking to himself? Just a, mis- a, mis- a miscommunication. No, nah, Kemba can do no wrong. <laughs> Next award, the Billy King Award for Worst Performance by a Non-James Jones General Manager. Oof. We, we both have Ed Stefanski here, right? I have Ed Stefanski and Cody Altman. I'm sorry. I've got, I've got Kobe Altman as my second nominee, but... Yep, uh, I, can't put, I can't put Kobe Altman. <laughs> you're, st- you're still on, in on... You still have some hope for Kobe Altman? Look, 
Kobe Altman looked at looked at Colin Sexton and said, "Yeah, that's not our guy." Then I'm giving him all the credit in the world for drafting Darius Garland. Yeah, but he drafted Colin Sexton. <laughs> so Ed Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ed's no. I think I think the, the Pistons had a god awful off season. Nothing about their roster makes sense. Oh, by the way, I, if if this wasn't if the award wasn't titled by a non James Jones GM, James Jones would be my pick. Oh, of course. I mean, it's. I mean, <laughs> the award's named after him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I'm picking Ed Stefanski. I don't like anything about this roster. Uh, besides, not, besides Blake Griffin, it's just it's like just, not even fun to talk about. It's just like no. I, we literally said nothing fun about this during the podcast. We were like, I don't even like want to talk about this team. Like, there's there's nothing fun. Like, like what's fun about talking about like. Oh, Reggie Jackson, Thon Baker, Langston Galloway, Tony Snell, Christian Wood, Derek Rose, Markeith Morris. Yeah, let's. Oh, and Joe Johnson's on this team now. Tell me, why why did the Pistons. We were talking about this earlier today, Will. Why did the Pistons sign Joe Johnson when they could have, like, Keisha McDaniels or something? (laughs) It It shows Joe Johnson, who's like 39. Hold on. So I'm I'm going to go through who the Pistons are currently paying money to this year, and I want you to tell me how awesome this lineup would have been seven years ago. Okay. Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, Josh Smith, Joe Johnson, and I guess like a third year Andre Drummond. Bro, that was like that was that's like. <laughs> Woo! That lineup would have been insane, bro. If we playing the, the association on two K thirteen, wow! <laughs> so much, so much size and length. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Anyway, I don't even want. I don't even look. Ed Stefanski, worst non non James Jones GM, and this team is so unfun to talk about. I just want to move on to the next topic. Facts. It's just gross. All right, our very last topic of this season preview. The Andrew Wiggins Award, a.k.a. the guy that we are totally out on. I feel like you can probably guess who my guy is. Who, who are you? Kyle Kuzma. Ooh, interesting. Look, I've talked about Kyle Kuzma a million times on this podcast. Kyle Kuzma is a three-point specialist that shot 30% from three-point. He's a stretch five that, I'm that as I just mentioned, shot 30% from three-point. Or stretch four, excuse me. Terrible defender. I don't like... Oh, and and he's injured with a stress fracture right now. Um, I don't like his fit next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. I, I just... I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I've said it a million times. I just... I don't like him as a player. I think that he's completely overrated. And I think that if he was in... Uh, what's the, what's the, if he was on the Cincinnati Reds, no one would be talking about him. Mm, facts. That's a fact. I'm Cincinnati Reds because I was talking about them earlier. I'm well aware they're an MLB team. <laughs> oh man, no, no, I, I understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm. I, there's you. You've got a good cause. He's probably Kuzma's probably like third, maybe like fourth or fifth on my list of nominees, even though I only have two present at the time. Okay. Oh, for me, I'm going two guys. I'm going Dennis Smith Jr. and I'm going Thon Maker. Personally, that's a, that, that, that's a flip for you on Thon Maker. Oh man, I, I've I've had to sell all my Thon Maker stock to to buy uh, to buy more Bruno Caboclo and more <laughs> Kelfold stock. 
I can't help it. I can't physically own any more Markel Fultz stock. <laughs> like, you have just a room dedicated in your apartment. Like, in my studio apartment, I have an entire room dedicated to Markel Fultz. Just like the shower is full of Markel Fultz stock. You got... I'm currently staring at my laptop and I'm looking at a shopping cart full of three different Markel Fultz jerseys. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But no, I'm very oh, okay. in on Markel Fultz. <laughs> Shit, here's the thing. Have I, have I mentioned about Markel Fultz? Okay, wait, sorry. Last thing about Markel Fultz, because I, I want to get this out quickly. Uh, Markel Fultz, 21 years old. Not a guy you give up on. Kind of like a 27-year-old MVP for the Red Sox. Not a guy you give up on. Oh, man. Brandon Nimmo is the best hustler in baseball, Will. He, this, this year, he had the single fastest run around the base uh, after hitting a homer. He runs to first base when he walks. You don't want that guy, a hard-nosed, blue-collar baseball player on your team. You don't want that guy. And as a, and as a scrappy young team, or as a, as a scrappy uh, small market team, the Boston Red Sox, we really need to be conserving our money so we can instead pay Nathan Avaldi to sit on the bench. And be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, basically, this is, this is, okay. You know what? I'm not done with the Red Sox. One last thing. <laughs> One of my philosophies is, what would Belichick do? Are you really going to tell me that Belichick would have signed Nathan Avaldi? No. Are you really going to tell me that Belichick would trade? Because Mookie Betts is the equivalent of Tom Brady. Are you going to tell me that, that Belichick would trade Tom Brady for draft picks and a developmental quarterback? Nope. What would Belichick do? That's how you need to build a team. You should get a tattoo of that. <laughs> WWBD. <laughs> what would Belichick do? It's perfect. Anyway, I've watched anyway. I've watched a good amount. I've watched a decent amount of Dennis Smith Jr. this preseason. I didn't watch most of him in the Knicks uniform last year, and yep. I had a little bit of Dennis Smith stock left over as far as just a just a fun young athletic point guard, but on a team like the Knicks with a just a weird roster that just doesn't make sense in nine power forwards. Based, and, also, the Knicks, the, the, the thing with Dennis Smith Jr., just sorry to cut you off here. No, um, no, no, with, no with, problem at all. <laughs> the, Knicks with, the Knicks have a lot of point guards, um, or including R.J. Barrett, guys that you'd rather have with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't, I don't really see the Dennis fit the Dennis Smith Jr. fit on this team. Um, I, I'd much rather have the ball in R.J. Hunter's hand. Or not, oh, my God, not R.J. Hunter. Um, yeah, well, I would rather have the ball in R.J. Hunter's hand because he should be a good NBA player. <laughs> no, I'd, rather, I'd rather have the ball in R.J. Barrett's hand, and a player like Trier or even even Neil Aquina would be a better fit next to Barrett than than Smith. Well, Smith is the like is the absolute worst guy that you want next to next to someone like Barrett who's still developing. I mean, what what's Jameer Nelson doing that's so that's so Well, think about it. Think about right it. Now. Alex Caruso, get him get him someone like that even. Like shit. RJ Barrett is kind of Now I'm not saying RJ Barrett is Luka. That is not what I'm going to say here, but he's similar to Luka in that he's a playmaker from the 2-3 spot. Uh-huh. And Dennis Smith didn't work with him either. Yeah, so the Mavs half the season to realize that. That's a damn good point. And the thing with, and the thing with Smith is that I, I was watching some of the Knicks preseason game earlier tonight, and when Smith makes up his mind 
that he's going to go to the basket or take some isolation jumper that's that's like 25 foot out. Like, oh my God, he, he doesn't pass. Like, Smith has no, he doesn't see the floor. He has no court vision. Like, I, I don't understand it. He's, he like boycotts passing on and when he drives to the basket. It's, it's insane. Yeah, like, I'd actually, he's not a I point act- guard. He's like he's actually, a Stephon Marbury type of player. I mean, and Stephon was good for a while there, but like nobody was ever like, oh wow, Stephon Marbury never won a championship. Ah, shocked. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not ready to be totally out on um, on Smith, mm-hmm. just because I think that he can still maybe find himself on a different team. But I just don't like his fit with, with R.J. Barrett, and they have a lot of guards. And, like, tonight against the Pelicans, like, he shot 2 of 11. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, it's, it's just, I, I'm, it's, not, it's not the team for him. R.J. Barrett tonight, by the way, can I just give a shout-out to R.J. Barrett? 19 points on 9 of 12 shooting, 6, six rebounds, 3 assists. Good game. Yeah, he, he, use, he does his, I'm really impressed with, how he uses his size physically in the yeah. in the lane, and the, how to create shots that way. That's something that I, I didn't really anticipate him being able to do right now as a 19-year-old in the NBA. That was quite impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, R.J. Barrett's going to have his up-and-down season. He's going to have a lot of games where he struggles with his shot, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on him. <laughs> Dennis Smith, we'll see. And real quick, Thoughtmaker, I was watching some of the Pistons-Sixers preseason game a few, a few nights ago, and... Watching Thawmaker try to like defend Joel Embiid was just funny. <laughs> it was like I was watching stand-up comedy. Like I had no idea what was happening. What's like, I, I, what's more ridiculous, Thawmaker trying to box out Joel Embiid, or the Red Sox trying to justify that trading Mookie Betts is a good idea? I'm kind of leaning towards Thawmaker on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Embiid was just like he almost. He, it's weird because looking at the expression on his face, on one hand, I think he was insulted because. I think he was insulted that the Pistons actually had Thonmaker defending him. Did Joel Embiid even know who Thonmaker was? <laughs> that, was ma- that was maybe the second part, the confusion on his facial expression. <laughs> the third part was him trying to hold back a laugh from, is this skinny guy really trying to box me out? Well, they know like, it was like to say. It was like watching a deer box out a grizzly bear. Like, what the, like, what the fuck? It, looked, I it, was, see it was terrible. Gar- I want to see garbage time, bucks, sixers, Dragon Bender try to guard Joel Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> Just because why not? Why not? Yeah, right. you can get Marquise Chris if they play the Warriors. Yeah. By the Let's way, watching, watching Marquise Chris this year and watching uh, Dragon Bender this year really uh, makes me question that Phoenix Suns uh, developmental staff. You don't say. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Scores Table. We're going to try to be back some, uh, pr- pretty pretty weekly. We got a ton to talk about going into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian, quick, one word. Who's winning the championship this year? It's hard, but... That's not one word. I got to go Clippers. That would be my pick, too. Mm-hmm. All right. And you, got a, and you got a random finals pick there. So yep. thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. If you guys enjoyed, uh, leave a like. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, sorry. Leave us a five star review. Excuse me. Leave a five star review. Subscribe if you're new. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, Mookie Betts is a Red Sox long term. Hopefully, he is a New York Yankee long term. I think he would look really good. You know, what I'm saying, clean up the goatee, shave it off. I Bye. think I, personally. <laughs>
<laughs> Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge. I think I think it's a it's a pretty decent lineup. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. Thank you, thank you everybody for the support. Like, like, subscribe, all that shit. Follow us on Instagram, all that shit. Hey, appreciate appreciate the score is high for everything. See you guys later. Peace.